part of the East Village. It's time to kickstart the weekend with Saturday morning pregame on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Black Keys? Absolutely. You know, um, speaking of the Black Keys, White Sox, White Sox Dave just did a podcast interview with them a couple weeks ago. Really good. Really good stuff. Well, it's cool, too. Like, the lead singer, I know he produces a lot of other musicians, too. So all of a sudden, you'll be listening to an album and be like, oh, he produced that one? And then it just goes that down guy. the list. Yeah, you're like, oh, I, I've drawn a blank. It's like Dan Auerbach yeah, or something like that. It's weird when you see people, like, you know, on different projects or you see people like, that you know or heard of, and then you see people that you know on the television screen and just being broadcasted everywhere. And that's why we're friends with Alex Cohen, because he is the face for reality television and the marquee network. And uh, what's going on, man? Good to, good to talk to you. John, thanks for, for having me on. That was quite a lead and quite a build-up. Well, listen, all I know is I'm sitting, on, me. I'm sitting on Twitter.com earlier this week, and all of a sudden Alex Cohen is you know, being blasted all over Twitter because you know, his picture's everywhere because he's, he's on television. And, and you, know, you, know my, you know, Marquee Network, you're, you're everywhere. I'm a I'm a real uh, entertainment utility player. I'm like a true Ben Zobrist. <laughs> um, how was that experience, man? Because you got to sit down with the with uh, the broadcast team. You got to be a part of that a little bit. How was that? It was great. It, it was just being able to you know get to Wrigley Field, which you know I know Sean, you definitely have some opinions about, but it's in my opinion it's one of the best landscapes in Major League <laughs> Baseball and. You know, being able to to enjoy a, a rare Iowa Cubs off day. I mean, we have off every Monday, so you know, most players, most employees, they rest. All I did was you know get two hours of sleep, take a flight from Detroit to Chicago, overstayed my layover, uh, got to hang out with a buddy of mine from college, meet his one year old son Camden, uh, then went to Wrigley Field, and then went went to the Marquee Sports Network studios, hosted the pregame show with Cole Wright and Cameron Maven, which was a lot of fun. Uh, then they had a tornado warning, so I got the shelter in place in the Marquee Sport Network uh, studio. I, I think it was the, technically their break room, but it was in the basement. So I was there for 45 minutes during a tornado watch. Uh, then I went up to the press box and got to watch uh, the Cubs the first three innings and went on air with uh, Boog and J.D. And yeah, after that, went home, nearly missed my flight from Chicago to Des Moines, and then called a game yeah, less than 24 hours later. So it was quite a whirlwind. That's just uh, that's, that, what an icon you are. Just so, just so impressive. Um, but was, was all this was a real relative term? <laughs> <laughs> was all this planned, or were you kind of like, "Hey, I'm here," and they're just like, "Yeah, you're here. Come on, uh, you know, come on." It, it, it was you know, a combination of both. I mean, we have a really nice relationship with Marquee Sports Network. This is our second year with the Iowa Cubs broadcasting games on their network. So, you know, they had talked to us before about. You know, coming out there, being part of their content during a Cubs game, and you know, really being introduced as part of their family. And I reached out separately just saying, hey, I'm probably going to be in the area uh, for a day. Uh, during an off day, you guys are home. I'd love to stop by and say hi. And they kind of put two and two together and say, yeah, this would be a great time to kind of expand that relationship. And they didn't. They, they lived up to their word, and it was a wonderful opportunity, a wonderful day. And the only uh, thing that went poorly was the Cubs didn't win, which they hadn't been winning in in quite some time, but they did win yesterday. So they, they are turning out to be a little bit better. Snapped a winning streak yesterday. Yes, snapped a winning streak and snapped their own losing streak. <laughs> right, all, all in one. Uh, but but the the Icos boys got a win last night. 
They did. Yeah, they won by a score of five to three. And you know what I was most impressed about was over ten thousand five hundred fans at Principal Park. Look, dude, awesome looked like it, the one. I always enjoy your pictures that you take from the from the booth. But last night looked like a hell of a crowd. It was packed. And people were loud. Yeah, you know, we got to the ninth inning. I Cubs were up five to three. Yeah, you know, they had uh, Omaha down to their final out, and it sounded like a big league playoff game. I mean, the, the hair on my arms is sticking up right now. And as I said, like that's an atmosphere and an environment that we really haven't seen since 2019. And no disrespect to 2021. Last year we made you know lemonade out of lemons, but you know this year it's finally feeling vibrant and normal and. The Cubs fans and the Cubs fans in general are really stepping up here in Des Moines. I mean, it's been awesome over the last three weeks. You know, we had a crowd of 9,500 our last homestand. That was in May, and now it's over 10,500 fans last night and a big crowd tonight with Caitlin Clark coming to Principal Park. It's an awesome weekend, and really, like, I can't, say enough about the Cubs fans here in Des Moines. They've been incredible. Well, you talk about tonight, and I was going to get into this. Obviously, Caitlin Clark and, and Replica Jersey Night, um, first thousand fans are going to get a Caitlin Clark rep, Replica Jersey. But on top of it, now you guys are going to be on Marquee Network tonight, right? We, we are. We and are. then also, so, yeah. and, and also, there is a huge name on the bump for the opposing team. Zach Granke will be taking the hill tonight. I just saw Tommy Birch's tweet. Yeah, no, you have a real uh, triple... Triple header right there, you know, between <laughs> Caitlin Clark, our resident All-American coming, and um, obviously with the university that she went to and the high school that she went to and being a local product, I mean, that's going to bring a lot of people. And I heard Caitlin's great. She's going to come on uh, Marquee Sports Network, I think, in either the third or the fourth inning. Also, we're going to be on TV for the fourth time uh, this season. So we're going to have 18 games on Marquee Sports Network this season. This is our fourth. So far, we are 2-1 and one on Marquee Sports Network, and our run differential is plus 20. So there we go. Uh, there's your stat of the day. Um, but, and, and then also, as you said, Zach Ranky re, uh, rehabilitating his rehab start uh, with the Iowa or sorry, against the Iowa Cubs at Principal Park and any time that you can get you know, a multiple-time All-Star, a, a future Hall of Famer, and a former Cy Young uh, pitching at Principal Park. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, hopefully, uh, Zach only goes a couple innings so we can get into their bullpen, but any time that you can see a pitcher of that caliber on the mound, uh, in Des Moines, you have to come come check, come check it out. Look at the weather right now, too, which is absolutely perfect. So coming out of the ballpark, there's still tickets available, although we are expecting a big crowd tonight, so it should be great. And there's a lot to get excited about for Omaha and the crowd and Caitlin Clark coming, but there's a lot to get excited about, too, with the Iowa Cubs. They've won three of their last four, and Maldonado and Crook have just been on fire in June. I mean, what what are they doing differently? They're just seeing the ball really well. Well, Narciso really, for the last month, the first month of the year, he's struggling. And if you look at his splits over his career, he's been a relatively slow starter. In April, when it's cold, his body's cold. When it's May and June and the weather starts heating up, his body starts heating up. So over the last 20 games, you know, Narciso has an OPS of like 1,300. Um, he's hit 77% of his home runs over the last month. He's not only one of the better hitters in the Cubs organization, he's one of the best hitters in all of minor league baseball over the last month. So this isn't just a, a week-long thing for him. I mean, this is somebody who over half the season has been swinging the bat really well. He's 26 years old, uh, and he's somebody in his first year in the Cubs organization you come to an Iowa Cubs game, if there's a player who's dancing out in the outfield and interacting with fans and signing autographs before and after the game, it's Narciso Crook. So he's a really great face and a great personality uh, to go on with the Iowa Cubs. And then you said Nelson Maldonado, 
Um, he's a fringe top 30 prospect in the Cubs organization. He has hit at every single level he's been at. Single A, double A, now triple A. I mean, he was one of the best hitters in college baseball at the University of Florida on a team that had Jonathan India and Pete Alonso. So he's played with some big-time names in college. Did home runs in back-to-back games. You know, Nelson Maldonado has six home runs this year, already setting a career high. It's only June. Um, and he's one of the organizational leaders in RBIs, doubles. He started off the season in double-A Tennessee, hit nearly 500 over the first month, and now he's among the Iowa Cubs leaders despite missing the first month of the season while playing in double-A. So he's a guy who hits at every level. I call him a right-hand hitting Alfonso Rivas. Uh, he's somebody that I think that definitely can factor in at the big league level, really swinging the bat well. He's homeward to back-to-back days, both the dead center field at Principal Park, which you guys have both been to before. That's a, that's a long poke. That, uh, that's, not a, that's not a cheapie. He definitely got all of it. I want to go up to the, to the big squad here, Alex, and, and every time you, you, you see a team go through, I guess if you want to call it a rebuild, I know Cubs management doesn't want, or ownership doesn't want to call it a rebuild necessarily, but whatever the Cubs are going through right now, sometimes you, you find surprises and you find stories. And this Christopher Morell story, man, I, this kid is an absolute blast. And, and I guess my question to you is, who's someone who's been around the organization and, and the upcoming, uh, or, you know, seen a lot of these up and coming guys, is this a surprise story? Is, or is this just, is this Christopher Morell? I think anybody who can go up to the big leagues and have that success right away, I mean, you get on base every game for the first three weeks of your big league career. I mean, nobody can expect that. Uh, but Christopher Morrell was a highly touted international signee. I mean, he was one of the top five best international prospects of his signing class when he got seven figures to sign for the Cubs. So I don't think the talent was ever in question. Um, I think just the progression. When you sign an international prospect at the age of 16 – so many different variables along with that and, and trying to figure out the career trajectory of that player. You know, we always knew about Christopher Morrell. He could run fast. He could throw hard. He could hit the ball hard and far. So you knew that he had those tools. It's just putting those tools together. And we saw a little glimpse of that last year uh, with the Iowa Cubs in his second AAA game. He had a, his first AAA homer, and it went like 427 feet. And that's when you look at a guy like that and the ball jumping off his bat, and you're just like, whoa, I mean, that's pretty impressive. You can't teach that. Um, but it was just a question of if the tools were ever going to come together to make a big league player, and, and right now they are. I mean, you talked about it. He does all these things, and he's just a ball of baseball energy. I mean, mm-hmm. he's somebody who you know, he can go over for 4 4 strikeouts or 4 for 4 with four singles, and he'll have the same mentality. He'll be so happy. He'll be a clubhouse presence. He'll sign autographs, and he's exactly the type of person that you would want to. You, you call it a possible rebuild. I think the Cubs call it a retool. So yeah. he's the exact person that you would want as the face and really the spirit of that retool. So he's uh, he's been a nice revelation for the. Well, Cubs. he's been he's been an absolute surprise, and he's a blast to watch. And I love the energy that he brings. You know, I, I will always support guys that want to have fun, and and you see the smile on their face, like an Eloy Jimenez type guy that just loves being able to put baseball cleats on and go play the game that they love, and they have a blast doing it. But with Christopher Morrell, he's built this relationship with Wilson Contreras, and it looks like these two have really bonded together. At least that's what it seems like from far away from a television standpoint and, and a social media standpoint. Where are we with Wilson Contreras, and is are we counting down the days here? Where are we? I mean, if I had a crystal ball or I was the you know, team president or general manager of the Chicago Cubs, I mean, I would love to have Wilson Contreras be the face of our retool for the next five to six years. I mean, right now, if you look at the stats offensively, 
he is the best catcher in baseball and, and all-encompassing. He's done a lot better defensively. He's put in a lot of work. And you know, I'm, I know I might be biased, but if I'm taking catcher in Major League Baseball right now uh, to build a successful franchise around, it's Wilson Contreras. But um, I don't have the dollars and cents and the and the contract details that go along with that. I, I think if all things align, they would love to have Wilson Contreras you know, be you know, behind the backstop for, for four to five years. But I think there's a lot more that goes along with that, and, and especially – you know, with the relations that he's been able to cultivate with one, uh, with, or with one Christopher Morrell, uh, and then Nelson Velasquez is with the Iowa Cubs right now, but he went up, made his big league debut a couple weeks ago. He's a top 15 prospect in the Cubs organization. He's somebody that has that Morrell tool set. I mean, he can throw the ball hard, he can run fast, and he can hit the ball far. So um, he also has a good kinship and a good relationship with them as well. So I, I, I think that Wilson is a great player. I think that he's a great ambassador to the organization, but now, I'm not somebody who knows the ins and outs of the business of baseball like the way that the Cubs do with their relationship with Wilson. So I think time will tell. I, I think right now it's a true 50-50 if he's going to stay with the Cubs or if he gets dealt. Do you think it'd be smarter, though, for the Cubs? Because when I talk to buddies who are Cubs fans, I'm always stuck in the middle like, yes, I love Contreras, would love to keep him, but also like, I don't know if we're going to be able to compete. You know, with the Brewers playing so well, the Cardinals playing so well. So would it be smarter to kind of trade them and hopefully get some prospects or some trades or draft picks back? Well, I I, I think that you're not signing Wilson Contreras to a four- or five-year deal so they can compete in 2022 because right now, I mean, you've seen some games and some stretches that they've been really competitive, and you've seen some games and stretches, especially over the last 10 games where they haven't been. I mean, it's been difficult, so... You're not signing Wilson Contreras to an extension next week so they can make a run in September of 2022. You're doing it so he can bring that next wave of talent for the Cubs, the Owen Casey's, the Kevin Alcantara's, the Pete Crow Armstrong's, the Alexander Canario's, Jordan Wicks, DJ Hurst, guys who are one to three years away. So that's why you sign a guy like that to a four- or five-year deal because in the middle of that deal, you hope that he's still one in his prime and to all those players who are really highly regarded in minor league baseball can go up to the Cubs and can bring in that new next wave of talent. So me personally, I mean, I think he's the perfect guy to do that. He's the perfect age. He's got a great skill set, and he's somebody who is peaking at the right time. Now if the Cubs say, you know, we're going to trade him to a team like San Diego who's desperate. They want to beat the Dodgers and one of the better teams in baseball, but they don't have a, a catcher that's at an all-star caliber right now. And if you can get a, you know, Robert Hassel is one of the top prospects in minor league baseball, or you can discuss C.J. Abrams, who might be the best overall prospect in minor league baseball right now, you have to at least entertain that discussion. Alex, I want to, and I don't know if you've dived into this at all, or if you've, it, but MLB Network over the last couple of days have been broadcasting the Major League Baseball Combine. And, or the draft combine, and I think it's super cool. And I, it, obviously, I don't think it's going to get the national attention and the attention that the NFL combine gets on NFL Network or anything like that. Um, but for guys like us who who live and breathe baseball and, and love this sport, I think this is super cool that they're doing something like this. And, I mean, obviously it's probably not going to be perfect the first couple of, And people are going to be like, what, why is this even happening? But I think it is cool to get an inside look at what some of these prospects go through in the draft process. And I just wanted to get your thoughts, if you've even seen it, if you, what your thoughts are, and if you think this is really good for baseball. Oh, I do. I absolutely love it. I mean, they obviously do it with the NFL Combine. They've done it for the last 20 years, and, 
Uh, I watch the combine every year, every day. You know, if I don't watch it, I tape it. Now, do I think that the Major League Baseball combine uh, combine will, will will really be able to expand like that so quickly? I'm not sure, but you know, Sean, you played collegiate baseball, you played high school baseball, I played high school baseball. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to a showcase. Like, I ran a 60. Like, I got my velo taken. I I took BP, and you know, I was able to do that at a very marginal level. So seeing these high school players at 17 and 18 and seeing just the raw ability that they have. I mean, a 16-year-old kid just hit a 434-foot home run during batting practice. It makes your jaw drop. So somebody who appreciates the game and somebody who watches it just based on the future of baseball, I absolutely love it. You know, time's a thousand, and it's something that, you know, MLB Network, if you have 24-7 baseball you know, not only 24-7 baseball talent on there analyzing it, but 24-7 baseball content, get as much as you possibly can, live action, television shows, commentary, uh, and then get the future involved. Now, I think if, if MLB Network is able to do that with the high school showcases and the high school combines and get minor league baseball on there and get some college showcases on there, um, I, I think it could be really great for the game. It helps grow the game. Yeah, and, and, and it just – I'm sitting there and I'm going, man, there's so much – possibility here right like there's so much you can do with it you brought up the showcases and all these kids probably for the last couple years of their life they've been a part of some sort of college showcase right or or something along those lines but you're you're right when you said man you just watched a 16 year old kid hit a 400 some 400 foot something home run at petco park in san diego like yeah. that's super cool. Right. I think the location's perfect. I think having it in San Diego has been has been perfect. I haven't. I, I've watched a little bit of it. I haven't been able to dive too much into it. There's other things going on, but I think it's super cool. And I'm never. I say this all the time. I'm never going to hate on baseball for trying new things to 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 help grow the game. Uh, and I think absolutely. they are onto something here. Could could you imagine being a 16 year old kid going down to San Diego, all expenses play, paid, and, and being in a showcase, hitting a bomb at Petco Park, or you know if you're a pitcher throwing a fastball at Petco Park, looking around and seeing 95, 96. I mean, on MLB that, Network again, that brings up the yeah on MLB Network that just brings up the hair on my arms and watching these kids that makes me feel so poor about uh, my, <laughs> my ability. When I was 16 to, to 18 years old, I mean, I, I threw 85 miles per hour once, and I thought I was the next. Uh, I was a right-handed Randy Johnson, but um, obviously these kids now are so talented. And, and just seeing them being broadcasted on a national level um, in an environment like that, I agree with you, Sean. I, I think that it's a great experiment. If it works, great. If it doesn't, try something else. But uh, I'm not going to knock you for trying. 608 first pitch tonight down in Principal Park. Uh, the Omaha Storm Chasers are in town. Zach Granke on the bump for the Storm Chasers. Uh, it's going to be a packed house. Caitlin Clark night. Also, uh, our boy, Mr. Marquee Network himself, will be, uh, be on the call. Alex, you're the man. Thanks so much, Sean. Thanks, Justin. <laughs> uh, hope we can see you at the ballpark soon. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Alex Cohen, play-by-play voice of the Iowa Cubs. I, dude, again, every time I could sit here and talk another hour. Just oh. dive. In. We didn't even dive into like what's going on around the league. Like we just yeah. I still have a few questions for Alex. <laughs> the I, I I will say, man, I, I love if you have MLB Network, and I know it's not for everybody, but if you're if you're looking for something different, and you're looking for something cool. That that combine has been a real. It's it's been really cool to see, and it is different. Like I experienced, like Alex said, we like I experienced going to showcases, and you know I went to like this. 
TPX top 96 candle. It was like the 96 top players in the Midwest or something like that. And I was one of them that got selected. I don't know how, but I was there. And But like I've been a part of that stuff, and it's super cool to be able to see it at a just such higher level. Pretty badass. But 284-5966, when we get back, Justin and I, we're going to wrap this up, and uh, I'm going to get ready to head down to Farmer's Market. That's what I'm going to do. Get that breakfast burrito. Breakfast burrito, baby. Saturday morning pregame, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Love was a currency, a shimmering.